Hello and welcome to the official podcast for INFS 2822 Programming for Data Analytics at the UNSW Business School. My name is Blair Wang. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the end of week six. Week six is the UNSW Undergraduate Flexibility Week, which means that there was no teaching. There was no tutorial, there was no lecture, there was a consultation, but that's more for your benefit. The purpose of week six was to give you a bit of a breather and to help you consolidate a lot of what you've already learned in the past five weeks of the teaching term. Because there was no additional content this week, what I'm going to do instead is to just give a quick recap of the five weeks we've had so far and uh, a little bit of an overview, I guess, of the upcoming few weeks and we'll call it a day at that point. So the first three weeks of this course um, was module one, business data processing, and that's to be contrasted with module two, which we're in now, business data insights, because we started off just being able to manipulate and process and and, uh, work with data, which itself isn't trivial, um, because there's a lot of different ways that you may want to wrangle with your data. Um, And I also wanted to give you a bit of an introduction or a welcome into how to use the shell, which I know is not something that comes naturally. So week one was all about the shell. We did touch a little bit of Python, but it was mostly about getting your head around the Unix shell and and even just installing it. I mean, and uh, all the tools that you need with it. It comes with Mac, but you know, there's little upgrades that you could do. And certainly with Windows, it's a a bit of a process to get the Windows subsystem for Linux WSL up and running and also Windows Terminal and ZSH and all those fun things. But I hope at this stage in the course, especially, you can see the benefit of doing things this way. Yes, there are still a few chores that you have to do. It's not um, it's not quite as intuitive naturally as a graphical user interface, but I hope you can see the raw power and reproducibility and how lean everything is that it just kind of quickly works through. You don't have to go through menus and windows because the shell is really designed for sometimes known as power users. You want to maximize how much of the power of your computer you're actually using. So at this stage in the course, I do want to reiterate two really important points that I've noticed students um, don't all know about. Firstly, just yet another reminder, um, please use control R, R for Romeo. Control R is one of the most useful things that come in the ZSH shell. The R stands for reverse, I think, but essentially it's to search through the command history in your terminal. And so this is especially useful when there's a few commands that you have to run from time to time and you don't exactly remember how to write them. Don't hurt yourself by trying to type it the wrong way or so on. And and you don't need to memorize these things. These are things that you can look up. And one of the easiest ways to look it up is by typing control R, typing in a bit of the command that you do remember and it'll search through your history. So for example, uh, the virtual environments act activate and deactivate process, that isn't something that should hurt too much. That is something that you should be able to just use control R and just find it. The other thing I do want to remind you about is uh, these different package managers. I know um, if you've come from never using the shell or the terminal to all these different things, it can be a bit of a steep learning curve. So just to consolidate your learning so far, there's the package manager for your operating system overall. So for example, on Mac, it's called Homebrew. And Homebrew is really useful for quickly being able to install programs rather than going through and clicking through some graphical installer and clicking next, 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 okay, okay, okay. You have this one-step process that just installs things for you and you can install multiple packages in one go. On Windows, uh, I don't think we actually use this in this course, but there is also something on Windows called Chocolatey. It has a very similar function. But that that is the that is the operating system level package manager for programs on your computer. But what about specific packages for any particular 
particular programming environment. So for example, in Python, we have PIP, PIP, and we actually use that in this course inside what are called virtual environments. So the virtual environment is actually nothing more than just a folder inside the Python project with its own copy of Python and all the packages that you use, like NumPy and Pandas and GeoPandas and whatever. And that's to keep it separated between your projects so there's no conflicting things about versions. So when we activate a, a virtual environment, all we're actually doing is going inside the virtual environment folder and running the local version of Python inside that folder. That's all we're doing. So the only thing you're doing when you're activating a Python virtual environment in your terminal is to say from this point onwards, any commands I run with Python 3, they don't use the operating system level Python 3, they use a copy of it, which is stored inside the virtual environment. And so that's why you have to do that for every terminal that you want to work with using that virtual environment because you're just activating it for the duration of when you're using the terminal. So that's why you do have to activate it every time, um, but you shouldn't have to reinstall the packages every time because they should just be living inside that .venv folder. So control R and these package managers, they are probably the two big concepts to grasp in week one. We then moved on to week two, which is all about Python. And you folks have handled a lot of Python. NumPy, Pandas, Pandasql, Matplotlib, Seaborn. These are just some of the packages that you've already used even just in module one. And we actually have more and more Python packages as we get to the end of this course. So I really do hope you're familiar with being able to import these packages, to use different functions within these packages, and to use packages together, especially um, when one package is built on top of another, like how Pandas is built on top of NumPy. And then moving on on to week three. This is where we talked a lot more about the business or theoretical concepts. Two of the really important ones from that week that I really do hope that you don't let go of are sense making and institutional logics. These are absolutely critical ideas for you to be thinking about when you are tackling your group assignment. And I would expect that people are actually talking about this when they present their group assignment in the group presentations in weeks nine and 10, especially with the sense making, because as you're looking at all this data and it may contradict your initial assumptions, or even if you, for example, you started with the national map website that the Australian government provides, and then you did your own analysis at a different level or so on, um, you may have to go through these cycles of revisiting your understanding. And my point in bringing this sense making idea to the table is to really emphasize to you, not only is it okay that you go through multiple cycles of interpretation, but it's expected. It's, it's how sense-making happens. And it's something that we do actually instinctively in every part of our lives anyway. It isn't something that we should try to cover up as if we went from knowing nothing and then we dipped our head in the data and suddenly we are experts in it. That's just not how human understanding works. And to pretend that that's how human understanding works is perpetuating a flawed fallacy. And I wouldn't want us to come out of the course with that very broken assumption. And also institutional logics. This is an important concept as well because institutional logics helps you look at the different parts of society that the data may be relevant to. Especially when we're looking at the census data, which comes from a national societal point of view, but also looking at business models and also looking at different cohorts within society, it's more important than ever. In an assignment like that, you really should be aware of the different institutions that make up society. And you should definitely have a consideration for the different institutions that make up society. We then moved on to module two for 
business data insights. And this one was um, not only a change in concept in, in terms of from processing to insights, but also a, a change in technologies. Because this one's a lot more focused on web, partially because a lot of the insights come from some of these tools that are built on top of like JavaScript, for example. So coming out of week four, you then learned about HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and how each of these is to either define or manipulate or style or process or do something to the DOM, the document object model, which is the hierarchical structure of every web page that you've ever looked at on the internet. And then finally, week five, the last point at which you and I saw each other. This is when we looked at mapping and geo visualizations. We looked at ESRI shapefiles and GeoJSON. We looked at the leaflet mapping system, which by now I'm sure you're all very familiar with. And in particular, we're working towards building what's called a choropleth. A choropleth being a special kind of geographical visualization that matches numbers to different shades of color on a map. It's not the only geographical visualization that exists, of course, but it's, it's a very useful one, it's a very common one, and it's one that's being used a lot these days because of COVID-19. And so that's where we're up to in the course. These five weeks, I know they've just absolutely flown by, and this is why we need like a week six flexibility week to consolidate our knowledge and our understanding of the first five weeks. So moving into week seven, what can you expect to come up next? We've got web scraping in week seven, and we've actually got a guest lecturer coming in to talk about that. His name is Julian Prester. Many of you may know him from other courses that he teaches here in the School of Information Systems and Technology Management. For web scraping, we'll be using a Python library called Beautiful Soup. And that actually concludes module two. We then move to module three, which is basically the wrap up to the course. In module three, we look at a brief introduction to machine learning. We look at a lot of the social and ethical issues and legal issues that are present around data analytics these days. And we're really moving into the end of the course, wrapping it up with a lot of your great group presentations, which I'm looking forward to um, in the weeks nine and 10 tutorials, and then wrapping up the course, getting you ready to go into the final exam. So that's it for today. It's just been a very quick summary of where we're at. As per the commitment, no new teaching content, no, no additional week of material in week six. This was just a recap. If you did see anything get uploaded to Ed or Moodle this week, there's no expectation that you've spent week six looking at it. You can really leave that to week seven. Again, I, I do hope that week six was a refresher for you, that it was an opportunity to consolidate your learning and also an opportunity just to have just a bit of a breather. I hope to see you all again next Monday feeling happy and refreshed and for just a few more weeks of exciting content here at INFS 2822 Programming for Data Analytics. And as always, I hope you're all well and safe and healthy and I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. This has been an episode of the official INFS 2822 podcast. Thanks for listening. INFS 2822 is a course taught at UNSW Business School. You can find out more about UNSW Business School at www.business.unsw.edu.au.